welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. I'm your host, Lucas Miles. Greetings to my favorite people on the internet. I'm just returning from an extended time on the road, including a two-week missions experience where my wife and I led a team to Kenya in East Africa. But I am back, and I'm excited to be with you. I'm refreshed, and I'm ready to go. On this episode, I have for you Chrissy Outlaw. Chrissy is a former adult entertainment star who found freedom from the industry after having an encounter with Jesus in all places on a photo shoot in Los Angeles. We discussed some of the challenges she had growing up, the ongoing legal battle to remove from the internet the reminders of her past life, and how she's now using her influence and newfound platform to help rescue other women from porn. As an additional comment, I think this interview serves as a reminder of just how uncomfortable the church is with discussing such a big and pervasive topic such as porn. And I hope that in some way the following conversation helps increase some real transparent conversation on the topic because I think that only then are people able to find freedom. And with that, I present this interview with Chrissy Outlaw. Tell me, let's just jump right in. I know you haven't been shy about having these conversations in the past. I watched an interview of yours, I believe, on Nightline a few years ago that you had done. How did you find yourself in the adult film industry, and how did you end up there? What was that like? Wow, that's a question that has a really long answer. I never planned on going into the sex industry. never thought of it as an option. You know, I grew up in a broken family. My parents had a very bad relationship. My dad was an alcoholic, so there was a lot of chaos in our home. They ended up divorcing my mother remarried, and then well, I was a teenager at the time, and I felt very isolated and alone, and it was not a good time for me. I was very depressed after they split up, going back and forth between two different worlds with my parents. But I think that that kind of is how the depression first started when I moved in with my mom, and after they split... And she remarried, and I started finding that having relationships with men kind of filled this emptiness that I had. So I started getting interested in boys. When I was 11th grade summer, I ended up getting pregnant with one of my boyfriends. And we were very young, and and I was very naive. He was in college at the time. And he told me that if I ever got pregnant, that we would get married and have the baby. And I grew up in a small town where that was kind of a normal thing. And the desire in my heart, deeper than anything I ever felt, was that I wanted to be a mom and a wife. I wasn't very careful when it came to being sexual with this person. And, you know, my dad kind of raised me to always be a virgin until I get married. And then my mom was kind of like, if you start having sex, just let us know and we'll put you on the pill. So I was very confused sexually anyway. But after I got pregnant, my boyfriend decided that he couldn't marry me. So he took me to get an abortion. And as a 17-year-old girl who wanted nothing more than to have a family, it just totally broke my heart and the depression that I had increased the feelings of unworthiness increased me and the boyfriend broke up and it was very hard for me. My senior year of high school was very difficult and I barely graduated because of my depression. 
and anxiety. But I graduated, I moved out and moved in with one of my boyfriends right out of high school. That's when porn started showing up in my life. So I started working at a restaurant called Hooters as a waitress. Everything revolved around sex. So like on my way to work, I'm listening to the DJs on the radio and they're talking about how they have the Hooter girls live in the studio. This is what I was hearing all the time is this message that you have to be sexy to get love or to get attention. And so I did have a regular day job. But being in a relationship with men was kind of the most important thing in my world is to have a man who I wanted to get married and have a child. So I tried to make that happen a lot in my own power and it didn't work out. The men that I dated, I usually would live with and they all would bring porn into the relationship. So I started seeing like, that's who I have to be. Mm-hmm. in order to get attention. That's who I have to be in order to gain love and order for these men to respect me, which doesn't even make sense. You've been able to tell your story on some pretty major platforms. I mentioned Nightline earlier. There's a lot of interviews and things that you've done. You've gotten a lot of coverage with this. I know Faithwire just put out a story, which is how we got connected, about your testimony. What was that process like And really, where did you find this exit? Did you find Jesus while you were in the industry, or did you leave the industry and then later on find Jesus? When I was 11 years old, we regularly went to church. There was a lot of chaos in my family, but the one thing that was consistent is that my mom always took us to church before the divorce. After my parents divorcing, after being sexually abused, which I didn't really talk about in the beginning, happened throughout my childhood by lots of different people. After the abortion, after all these failed relationships, I started thinking, if there is a God, that he didn't love me. And if he did love me, why were all of these bad things happening? So I was so broken down that I thought he didn't love me. And who cares what I do with my life now? Maybe somebody will rescue me was kind of like in the back of my head. The funny thing about it is that He did rescue me. Yeah. At the end of my porn career, I was in the industry for seven years. So at the end of that time is when Jesus did find me and rescued me. I had gone through a really bad situation, breakup with my boyfriend. I had a lot of abusive men in my life too. And this particular guy didn't abuse me. And I thought we would get married and be a family. And I thought he was the one, but he let me down also by being involved in the industry with me. He became my photographer. He kind of dabbled in it. He also did mainstream regular acting and stunt work and everything. You know, when you live in L.A., you have to wear all the different hats. You have 10 jobs and you uh, (laughs) wait tables on the weekend. Exactly. I thought he was strong enough to not give in to temptations and stuff. I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I idealized him. I thought he's the one that's going to save me. We're going to get out of this together. But the fact was is that he loved shooting other women. He loved looking at other women. And when I was away from him for a weekend, he went to a strip club and it broke my heart because I wasn't working with men and it hadn't been for a long time. It went back to the time when I was growing up and the things I've learned about love. And one of the things, the Bible verse that always stuck in my head was that it was about men being faithful and that they aren't to look at women lustfully. 
that always stuck with me. So I remember one time showing him in the Bible, like, you're not supposed to. And I'm thinking he's strong enough mentally that he can shoot it and not think about it. What was I thinking? I see that a lot. I think we will always create a doctrine in order to justify what we're doing. For people that believe in God, we'll always create some sort of justification in order to keep doing this thing that we want to do. And it's really easy to fool yourself. And I mean, the Bible says the heart's deceitful above all things. So, I mean, I think that's understandable at those moments. Yeah, I mean, I made him into my savior. He's the one who's going to save me. At the end of our relationship, he went to a strip club and that kind of is what led into our breakup. He went out of town. Usually we were together all the time, like every day, because I didn't have to work really most of the time. I just got a paycheck from a website and that was enough for us to live on. He went out of town and like I said, he went to a strip club and he called me from the strip club and I was so hurt because I thought I made him into a person that he wasn't. He couldn't be. And so I felt let down. He told me he was at the club. And after that conversation, I just fell on the ground in my kitchen and I just started crying. And I was just like, God, if you're real, I need to know. You have to send me a sign so that I know that you're real because everything I know about love is twisted and perverted and just not right. And I pleaded and I cried almost all night and I was by myself. I wasn't really by myself. Yeah. God was there in the midst listening to me and hearing my cry. Yeah, so a couple days later, I went out to where my boyfriend was, where he was shooting, and I started meeting people on the set. I mean, one person spoke to me about Jesus that day. Actually, it was the next day. This guy asked me what I did for a living. Nobody else was around. I said, I did modeling. He didn't believe me. What kind of stuff do you model? What, you know? And then finally, I could see he wasn't going to get, you know, just let me off the hook. So I just told him, like, okay, I do adult stuff. I do porn. And then he goes, Chrissy, I already knew that because your boyfriend has been here, um, you know, showing people pictures of you and um, talking about how you do porn. And so... In our personal life, we never brought this up to people, or so I thought. Even when we go visit friends, we wouldn't talk about it. But apparently, I guess everybody knew. I'm on the set, and there's so many people there. And for the first time, feeling even more exposed. Now the good people, now they know. Because I idealized other people. I thought they have it together, and I don't. So I was very hurt. The guy I was talking to asked me, he said, um, let me ask you something. Do you believe in God? And I was like, yes. He said, you know, you don't have to live like this. You can change your life. You know, I felt like it was going to take a man to help me to change my life. Like, we're going to do this together. I'm going to get a real estate license. We're going to work together. Or I'm going to become a photography assistant. And you're going to be the photographer. And we're going to get to this together. And these are the things I expected from this last relationship. But anyway, so this guy tells me you can change your life and, you know, Jesus can help you. Just you need to repent and turn away and do it. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. He asked me if I wanted to go outside and pray. So we prayed. I mean, of course, he shared the gospel with me too. We go outside and we pray and I would cry and I'm like, done. I knew I was done. So that was the easy part. The next part was, I go back to the hotel room. My boyfriend comes home and I had to tell him, like, I can't sleep in the bed with you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) 
She's like, what? Who kidnapped my girlfriend, he's thinking at that moment. He's like, my girlfriend's a porn star. And she was not having to sleep with her anymore. What is that? Mm. So he was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, when I went outside with that guy, I went to pray with him. And I decided that I'm leaving the industry. And I can't be in this relationship with you anymore. And I have to move out. And we can't sleep together anymore. So I didn't. And, you know, of course, he says, well, then what are you going to do for a living? Like, how are you going to pay your bills? Because, you know, I'm paying my bills and his bills. Yeah. And you were making pretty good money at that time, right? Just from my website, I made 15000 a month. But if I did a shoot, got another 1000 mm-hmm. If I sold stuff on my website, magazines, you know, it's just all racked in money. Like, yeah. As much as I wanted to make, basically. Yeah, a lot of money. But it was that one moment that I decided I don't want the money anymore. For me, it was never actually for the money. But once I started making that amount of money, it became my lifestyle and it became something else. The easy part was making the decision to leave. And the hard part was following through with what God was leading me to do. And which was he wanted me to give up the money. So I have a recurring income from a website and he asked me to give that up. So I tried to get the site taken down and the people refused. They asked me where I wanted them to send my check. And I just said, I don't want the money. I just want the site down. Their response was, if you were trying to leave the industry to have a child or start a family, I would understand. This was the person who runs the, the website. But I can't let you out of the contract for a fantasy like God. Uh-huh. So to this day, they still make money off of me. I refuse to take the site down. Wow. I can only imagine that's a pretty major battle in order to try. To, is that something you're still actively trying to fight them on, or where is that at at this point? Can I ask? I have talked to the lawyers here and there who have wanted to come in and be like, I'll help you take the site down. I have worked hard to build my case and show them this happened on that day, you know, and put a lot of time into it only to be told that they would need money to pursue anything. It wouldn't be worth their time. I have decided that for me personally, that's not my battle. Yeah. And as long as I don't look at it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's how I cope with it. It's very difficult for me. The whole thing makes me very sad. And some of the stuff that they did to promote my website after I left, it was just vulgar. And they would intertwine my faith with my Mm -hmm. porn. It was just disgusting. Oh, wow. Wow. If you enjoyed what you've heard so far on the Lucas Miles Show, I hope so. But if you are somebody who's out there and you're going, I need more of this, well, I have some good news for you. If you go to the App Store, you can download an app called the Oasis Network for Churches. That's the Oasis Network for Churches. And it is a free podcast, and you can listen to my Sunday morning sermons, messages. Uh, there's free videos on there, all sorts of goodies. And you can also live stream the Sunday morning services at the church that I speak at, which is Oasis Church in Granger, Indiana. And uh, you can visit that through the App Store. And now back to our guest on The Lucas Miles Show. I mean, that shows the insidiousness of that industry. And I think it also shows the need for believers in fields like law and legislation and things like that, that that there's a void there. 
and that there's people like you, you know, at times have felt like you didn't have a voice even over your own image, your own likeness and your own life. And so who knows, maybe we'll have a attorney or law firm that hears this and wants to make sure that things like this don't happen anymore to, uh, to people like you. But I know that that's the past, but there's a lot mm-hmm. happening with you now and in the future and that you're really utilizing your past to develop a platform to help other people who might have found themselves caught in in places similar to where you were in the past. Tell me about how that is happening and how you got into really helping to, in many ways, rescue other girls. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that I even have this platform. It basically started back in my space days, and I was just telling everybody that I left the industry for my faith and blogging about it and talking about my struggles and all of that stuff. And then it has evolved into something totally different over the last 10 years. The place where at first I had a lot of Christian support. Um, Actually, I've always had a lot, but in the beginning days when I was struggling really hard, so many people came up even from online and supported me. I ended up finding a church, working on healing. It's been a really long journey. A few years ago, I guess in 2010, I started going to Treasures, which is a ministry in Los Angeles that helps women transition out of the sex industry. And I got to know the leader, her name's Harmony, now a good friend of mine. And I received help and care from Treasures with a support group and a mentor and a community. Because one of the things that, you know, even at the time, I lead this industry And now the reality of who am I, what's my identity, if I don't have the hair extensions and the tan and the nails and the boyfriend, who am I? Because my thinking has always been, if I don't have these things and I don't have relationships, then I'm unworthy. So that journey was really hard. Treasures came alongside me and helped me a lot. And eventually I worked on staff at Treasures. And I became a leader in that ministry, which is crazy. So I helped run a support group. And then while I was doing that, this was 2012, 2013, I ended up meeting my husband. And um, that's a whole other story. But after we got married, I moved here to Houston. I'm in Houston, Texas. And now I run a support group for women who are coming out of the industry. So we want to help them have community and not isolate and find healing and all of that stuff, because that's what helped me. Is that mostly women that are local in the greater Houston area, or is this kind of through maybe more online platforms from all over? Right now, the women that I help are in Houston, but there's a huge network, especially through Treasures, which we work together. I work together closely with Harmony and Treasures. And they have a network of different people who are doing the same thing. Yeah, so I kind of use their model. I change a few things up, but we have other people that are doing the same thing that we can refer people to. Mm -hmm. I guess I've been thinking lately about maybe doing an online support group. Yeah, I would think that that could get overwhelming real fast with the amount of need that's there, but obviously needed. Can you tell me a story from any of the girls that you helped recently, obviously with leaving out kind of their personal information? I mean, what type of scenarios do you find yourself working in or getting brought into? How do they find you and what's that process look like in helping them? 
since I've been in Houston, some of the women that we work with, I've come into contact with because there is a sex trafficking is a big problem in Houston. It's the, one of the main hubs of the United States for sex trafficking. There's a lot of different organizations here in Houston that work together. And one of the ones that I work together with is called Rescue Houston. So a lot of times they get a call, the girl's in jail, she's getting out, and they kind of help them find resources and mentorship mm. and all of that stuff. So some of those women have been referred to me from that organization. A lot of times the women have lost custody of their children or are dealing with substance abuse. It can be really heartbreaking, some of the stories and just a, a lot of different things that they're dealing with. That's powerful. You mentioned Treasures and also the work that you're doing there locally. Are there any other national groups that you're aware of that you would recommend if somebody's listening to this and maybe they have reached to somebody who's stuck in the industry? If somebody wants help, you can always go to my website, cruciatlaw.com, and I can refer you to people. There are a few organizations that I work with and that I highly recommend. If you're in Vegas, there's a ministry called Hookers for Jesus. It's ran by Annie Lobert. She's amazing. I love her. If you're in Florida, there is Beauty from Ashes, and that is by Julie Schmatz. Harmony Treasures. Emmatreasure.com is the website if you're in L.A., That's who helped me. I'll make sure and include some notes in our show notes on all those websites as well. So people can find that too. What about your story? Are you working on writing this down? Is there a book available yet? Is that in the process? Yes. My book is in the process of being written, which is crazy because I never thought I would write a book, but God did some really crazy things to make it clear that I am going to write a book and now is the time. We just started writing it, working on a book proposal right now, and um, the book should be out sometime next year. Okay, very cool. I look forward to seeing that as well. I think it's just such an important topic. I mean, it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. I have a friend that's done quite a bit of work in the legislative side of really trying to halt sex trafficking. One of the things I didn't know is that the, I believe it's the Super Bowl, is the event for sex trafficking. And so, you know, a lot of these organizations will try to set up wherever the Super Bowl is going to be to really help rescue girls. How much crossover is there between the porn industry, which probably in a lot of people's minds, those girls are getting paid to do that. They're there out of their own will and sex trafficking. Do those things cross? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, pretty much definitely crossover. I think a lot of women don't even recognize themselves as victims of sex trafficking, but to technically be sex trafficking, it has to involve coercion. And it's really hard to have a situation of porn that does not involve coercion. Right. Did you have recruiters and people that were kind of coming after you as you started maybe dipping your toes in the water? I mean, is that what that initial coercion looks like? Yeah. I mean, I was at a weak point in my life and... I posted pictures that I would do bikini modeling and I didn't get any emails to do that. Just everything was all about porn. They really tried really hard to recruit me and I was very naive and alone and isolated and had no support. So I made the mistake of getting involved in that, but there was definitely coercion. Even after I started and I had limitations, people talked me into doing more Obviously, the whole industry works on pressure and, you know, coercion, manipulation and those things. So let's take a minute here kind of as we get to the end of today's interview. And, you know, what would you say 
to the girl out there who is either caught in maybe a similar place to you, who maybe hears this interview shared online or something, or is at kind of that threshold where they're maybe wondering, this could be the way out of my financial problems or the way out of some of my emotional depravity that I might be facing. You know, what would you say to that girl today? I guess the first thing I would say is that you are worthy of more than that. And that once you get into that industry, it's just going to break you down. You're not going to be treated with dignity. And you might not even know what that is like right now, but God created you and he made you in his image and he made you perfect just the way you are. Don't listen to what society says you need to be. You can just be who you are and that's enough. And if you get involved in that business, it's going to be really hard to get out. If it's for money, I don't see a lot of women leave when it's for money because it's a trap. You, mm-hmm. you can't give up that amount of money. It changes your life. And if it's for love and acceptance and to fill that void of, that you might have, is that doing porn will never do that. It's never going to validate you. It's only going to make your life worse. And I have my story, and I've heard so many other stories. And I even know some women who are still in the industry who don't even want to be there. And I would just highly recommend you not to do it. It's not a good decision. That's good. That's good. Our guest today is Chrissy Outlaw. You can find out more about her at ChrissyOutlaw.com. Chrissy, it's been so good to have you with us on the Lucas Miles Show today. Thank you. I'm very honored to be a part of it. Now, we look forward to watching about your book, and I'll include all that information in the show notes. But if you're listening today and you're looking for maybe some resources for you or a family member who might be caught in the sex industry, make sure and check out Chrissy's website at chrissyoutlaw.com. And uh, we'll also include notes to the various ministries that she referenced that might be able to be a resource to people as well. Chrissy, I hope your story goes around the world, and I know it already has in many ways. I hope it goes around just a bazillion times over. And I don't do this for all my guests, but I'd like to pray for you, if that's okay. Can I do that? Father, we just agree right now with you, Lord, that you are a God who just restores dignity and worth and value. And Lord, I thank you for just the testimony of Christine, just the transformation in her life. Lord, just the evidence that she is, that you never let us go and that you're always there. And so, Father, I just pray that you would just continue to use her story to bring freedom to the masses. And Lord, we pray for this new book and just her sights and everything, that the publicity of you, the making Jesus famous in her life, would so far outweigh any sort of negative space that is there online from her past, Father. We just thank you so much for your goodness, Lord. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. Christy, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you. If you've enjoyed listening so far to the Lucas Miles Show, then I would like to invite you to head over to my website at lucasmiles.org. That's lucasmiles.org. And there you can find all sorts of goodies like my ebook, Unstoppable Grace, as well as my book, Good God. Also, if you haven't yet gone to lucasmiles.org slash missing chapter, You can go there and you can download a super secret chapter X, we're calling it, that didn't make it into Good God, but I think it's got all sorts of great material and resources for you. So in the topic of that chapter is the story of authority. So make sure and head over there and grab that. It's at lucasmiles.org slash missing chapter. And please let us know what you think.